Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Muscle Testing. You guys, we're doing something really cool around here. I'm so excited. It's November. Can you hardly believe it? I can hardly believe it. This year has just flown by. And... I'm going to tell you something, a special little secret Uh, as we head here into November. I do something really cool with some of my private clients um, who work with me um, on an ongoing basis, like sometimes for years at a time. And I have this incredible honor of kind of really being in their life and really being able to work on all different areas of their life. Everything touches everything else, right? So our personal life touches our business life, um, touches our health. I mean, all of this is so interconnected. And so when I work with people and I really do a deep dive with them um, into their life, we look at all of these areas. And certainly there's usually one area that they come to me for. But as we dive deeper and deeper, we see the interconnectedness. And it's a super awesome privilege and an honor. And it's so fun to see what happens in their lives. I mean, just explosive growth and a new level of health and new level of being able to connect with people and experience love and fulfillment, and certainly a lot of amplification in their businesses, um, in their missions in the world. And so, like I said, it's truly an honor for me. And one of the things that we do is we really map out the game plan, like where intuitively do we want to go? What is our greatest purpose? What is our greatest desires? And when we do this, we're starting to activate these things in their life. And we really formulate what are the action steps? Like what are the physical action steps we need to be taking to manifest the exact outcome that they desire? And so I was driving today and I got this idea. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I will be driving down the freeway and I will get an idea and it feels like a lightning bolt that comes into my head, this really powerful intuitive hit. And almost simultaneously, I will then start seeing angel numbers everywhere. And it's usually 888. So that is abundance, obviously a code for abundance and a code for a lot of, um, you know, past kind of falling away and stepping into your birthright of abundance. So that's what happened. Exactly. I saw the the angel number 888 as this came to me. And so I am just putting it out there because it felt so powerful. And so possibly you've been thinking about this and desiring this and listening and, and that connection will get made between what I'm saying and what you're desiring. So this is what I do and how I activate this. I have a very specific framework for how things manifest. And I found that the number one reason that people don't align with their core desires, right? Like the things we deeply want, like why don't we have those in our life? And the number one reason is 
that we don't plan for it. Like we don't see it as possibility and we don't make a very specific plan for it. We don't plant the energetic seeds for it to blossom. The second reason that we don't align with our desired life or any area of our life is that we don't get super detailed with the how, like how is this going to happen um, and have a super detailed plan for it. And so it doesn't line up. And what's fascinating is when you create the super detailed plan, even if magic and miracles and other things happen along the path, which they always do, there's something really important about sitting down and creating the detailed plan. So back to me driving on the freeway today and seeing the angel number 888, what came through was that I should offer only 10 spots to you who are listening to create this plan with you, to co-create this plan um, for the entire 2020, right? This amazing year that is coming up with this huge year that sounds like it's from a sci-fi movie. And we would do this together. And so since it's been so valuable in the lives of other people, and I've seen the results just be off the charts, do you want to work with me one-on-one to plan your year ahead. It's gonna be such an amazing year. There is so much good energy behind it. And it is the perfect time for you to put into place exactly what you want. And I'm calling this one-on-one experience program, whatever you wanna call it, Intention Activation 2020. So here's the guidance that I received on how it needs to happen. Basically, you and I will get on a call, a 50-minute call. It will be a session. And we're going to refine your intentions. We're going to really dive deep into why we have these intentions, why you have these intentions for your life. Make sure that they're super pure and coming from the highest place. I'm going to show you the vision framework. I've never taught this or shown it to anybody. I use it in my own life, but I'm going to give you the vision framework, um, which is how you plan your intentions. And so we're going to talk all about that. Then you're going to go away for a week and you're going to do the planning, right? You're going to use the vision framework. You're going to literally map out your entire year ahead, month by month, week by week, like you're going to go deep. Then we're going to have a second 50 minute session called the activation session and we're gonna fine tune your plan. So I'm gonna set up your activation statements. I'm gonna give you guidance um, that'll be necessary for how to make this plan fully aligned and ready to manifest as we head into January 1st, 2020. So if this sounds like something that is like, oh my gosh, thank you, I need a plan, I need the step-by-step to follow, it's super helpful, right? If we have literally a step-by-step plan for our year, do you know how powerful that is? Like. All you do is wake up Monday morning and you look at the plan and you take action on it, right? So helpful. You won't go down all these other roads where you're like, hey, where'd the last three months go? And I didn't really do anything that I intended to do. So if you are in for this, if you're one of the 10 people, go right now to the soulfrequency.com forward slash 2020 and get your spot, get registered for this special one-on-one experience where we're going to plan your amazing future. So exciting. And for today, oh my gosh, we're talking about muscle testing. This uh, interview will blow your mind in so many different ways because even if you have known muscle testing, we're taking it to a whole other level. If you are anything like 
anybody that probably listens to this show, then you have Googled around and read articles on foods and nutrition and health alternatives. I certainly have. And in the early days of doing this, I would end up some super big rabbit holes. I would end up down these rabbit holes and I would be like, oh my gosh, there's so much information. It took me literally years of reading and studying and applying and all this trial and error until I came to this like really incredible conclusion, which is not everything is for everybody, right? Like no one size fits all. And I'm not quite sure why it took me so long to come to that conclusion. But when I did, it was super profound. And as I began to work with clients, it broadened this perspective, like no one size fits all. And it deepened it. And I started to look beyond, you know, food and health and the body and how we experience life is different. Our emotions are different. Our mental processes, the things that we've been through in our life are different or how we process them is different. And one of the most profound tools we have to test what is good and right for our specific body is muscle testing. And through this energetic practice, we can literally ask our body what it needs and wants in this moment. So maybe your body needed broccoli in 2018, but here it is, 2019, going to be 2020, and your body doesn't want that as much anymore. I mean, it's a constantly evolving, right, being. We are beings that are evolving. So we need to always be testing for what is good and right for us. It's super helpful with foods. You can test any food and find out whether your body likes it and wants it at the time, but it goes so far beyond this. And this is the part that blew my mind because I never really thought about applying it in some of the ways that we talk about in this interview. And I was literally expanded as I started to see all of the different applications that we have for muscle testing. So it's super cool. Um, you're going to get the step-by-step -step on this and how to apply it in your own life. So my guest today is Lana Nelson, the author of The Food Codes, Intuitive Eating for Every Body. Dealing with her own issues around food, Lana Nelson began a journey of discovering that turned into her life's work, dealing with chronic pain, fatigue, and the garden variety of ailments so many people live with. Lana was determined to find the cause and solution. And after years of trial and error, she discovered the solution was food. She now teaches thousands of people every year how to heal themselves with food. As a certified emotion and body code consultant, Lana has developed one of the easiest techniques on the planet to help anyone discover what foods are really good for you. Good for you personally right now. Lana has used her techniques since the early 90s and uses emotional clearing and energy healing techniques as well as quantum biofeedback technology. Lana is also a licensed massage therapist, as well as a Reiki master teacher who counsels in nutritional, herbal, and homeopathic therapies. Her focus is on individuals, couples, and families who struggle with food, health, and emotional problems. And with no further ado, Lana Nelson. Leanna, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled. Yes. And I'm so excited because I had a chance to um, dive into your book, The Food Codes, and I found it so 
personally interesting to me. I've been on my own really long food journey, which I've shared about in my book and I share about on the show. Um, and so I always love to learn new perspectives and I'm going to have you definitely share so much about that. But before we even jump into that, maybe you can share why the interest in this work in your own life and how you kind of came to where you are today. You bet. Well, how I came, it's a, it's quite a journey. Okay. But in, in the beginning, um, I, so when I, in my early thirties, I was, uh, I was very interested, of course, in herbs and nutrition and, you know, cooking and whatnot. I had a, a wonderful little family and I wanted to give them the best of, you know, nutrition and so forth. And so I learned, my mother taught me to cook. And so I was pretty much growing my own garden and cooking uh, for my family and teaching them as little kids to cook. And then um, I also owned a dental lab. So one day, so that was my business uh, way back when. And one day as I was delivering a set of dentures, uh, first thing in the morning to a woman so that she could, pretty sure I remember it was a woman, but so that she could eat her dinner that day, uh, I was uh, rear-ended by a semi-truck in my small delivery car. And there was an accident in front of me, and I had to slow down in the in the road while the semi did not slow down. And uh, that accident um, went into about 10 years of headaches and pain all over my body. And I was not able to get any help with the headaches. I, we tried medication at first, and I had really never taken medication before. And so I just was under, I just thought, okay, uh, I take a pill and I'm going to get better. And the doctor would look at me like, no, we'll see. <laughs> and they were just muscle relaxers, basically, which did not work. It just made me woozy. And, and anyway, so fast forward that 10 years. Uh, suffering with headache pain and what I had been diagnosed with was fibromyalgia which is pain in the fibers of the muscles and it was like head to foot like I said so looking at many different things I started doing some things really weird at the time okay not considered weird now but you can see how uh, paradigm changes how people change over time and have paradigm shift weird at that time was juicing so I borrowed a juicer from a friend and I started juicing um, one of my first juicing product projects was juicing an entire head of cabbage and with uh, uh, garlic and drinking that back well don't ever do that that's not a good way to introduce yourself to juicing. It was horrible. No. And so I started gradually um, doing a little more. I was taking a lot of nutrition about that time, uh, late 80s. I was probably taking about $500 a month in nutrition sometimes, really trying, trying, trying to eat the best. And then in that, I started searching. One of my uh, neurologists said, I think you should see a chiropractor 
for this neck and headache pain that you're having. So I did. I remembered my mom had seen a chiropractor when I was a young girl. So I started seeing a chiropractor. And I was single about this time. And I remember saying to my friend one day, you know, really, I should marry a chiropractor. I'm seeing one three times a week. And we, <laughs> we just laughed and laughed. But chiropractic did help. It at that time didn't, you know, com get me completely pain free. But I started doing massage and chiropractic. And I was looking into what was kind of scary was it wasn't called energy medicine at that time, but different techniques, natural techniques that didn't that didn't incorporate medications and so. Anyway, I re I did get some help from that, and then one day saying to my friend, I should I should marry a chiropractor. Well, guess what? I was set up on a blind date with Dr. Bruce Nelson, who actually. Uh, specialized in fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. We found out on this blind date that we actually had mutual friends and relatives that had been trying to get us together for five years, five years. And each time they set us up, one of us would go this way or that way, and we wouldn't show up to where they were trying to set us up with. So wow. right time, right place with energy, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, and so that that led me into Dr. Nelson and his technique. Basically, I became pain-free in about two weeks. He did adjustments, he did manipulation, and he tested me with, with muscle testing, a certain method of testing that um, I found out that the B12 I was taking was not doing me any good. He tested what type of B12 and what what the name, you know, of the company was. And so as we married and I changed my practice basically to working with him in his practice in in energy um, medicine in his chiropractic office it was fascinating to me. I learned his method of muscle testing. And for your listeners, that is basically, uh, some people call it kinesiology. And you test a muscle to give you a yes or no answer. So strong or weak answer. And so I, I said to my husband, Bruce, one day, you know, you're doing a lot of good work with your patients, but I think food needs to be one of these. I think it needs to be part of your protocol. And he had, he actually had patients coming from the U.S. and Canada with basically with conditions that they weren't getting help with with uh, with regular medical protocol. So I made what I did, what I called them just a food testing program, testing for your best energy foods, the foods that would give you the best frequency for your body and healing. And that morphed into people telling me all the time, you really should write a book. Well, eventually I did. And that's how the food codes intuitive eating for every body um, came about. It was first started out with foods that were that would help our patients to heal better and uh, lose weight or whatever, and then put it into book form and teaching everyone how basically teaching you meaning everyone how you can do it yourself. It's so neat. And did you 
developed this by also like trying it on yourself as you were discovering, okay, well, let's use muscle testing to look at what foods, you know, each unique body wants. Were you incorporating that into your life as well? That's what I was doing for a couple, three, four years. Actually, I was testing myself. I thought, wow, well, here's how I first learned muscle testing. I would go to my husband and say, honey, will you test this for me? Well, (laughs) (laughs) honey wasn't always there. So I had to learn it myself and I did. And so I would start testing, wow is this food good for me? Is that food good for me? And at that time, I was actually about 50 pounds um, heavier than I am now. Not quite 50, but just about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. So I started, I'm thinking, wow, if this works, and maybe I can test the best foods for my body to release, you know, release the weight. And it did it started coming off and so and just gradually without dieting per se because um well anyway we'll get into diets if you choose to talk about that but it wasn't dieting i found out that my foods changed and they were different at different times and so then i started doing this for my family for my kids for friends and that's what morphed into saying honey, to my husband, Dr. Bruce, we need to do this for your patients. And that, uh, that's how this came about. Yes. It's so great. And it's so interesting too, because um, when you think about it, you know, even in some of the functional medicine tests where they talk about food allergies or, you know, things of that nature. And, and basically the understanding that if you eat the same thing all the time, sometimes the body then, you know, is logically, you would think would be saying to you, I got enough of this right now, like try something else. And so when you're saying like it shifted, is it meaning like from day to day, or you would find that some foods you'd eat for a while and then your body would say, you know, we don't, I don't need that. I need more of something else. How did that work for you? Yes. And yes, are the answers to those questions. Yes. So I would ask, uh, what are my best foods? And then I thought, well, how about asking? I didn't even think about it uh, changing. Okay. I did not even think about that, but I would, I would work with the foods that tested good for me for a while. And then I would just, just kind of have the feeling that something uh, changed and I would test again and there would be different foods. So in that process, finding out that our body is constantly, we're energy. We are pure energy. Food is pure energy. Energy being vibrating frequencies. And in that, I found that seasonal, if you think about this, in the summertime or hot weather, gosh, you really feel like salads and more. Uh, Salads have a lot of water and moisture in them. Cooler foods. And then uh, in the wintertime, almost to the day, sometimes you can feel the shift of, wow, I really would like a sweet potato, or I just feel like a warm stew. So our body, finding out this over the years and taking a lot of classes um, about energy and healing and so on, just made sense that Food being energy, our bodies under stress and thinking about your body, stress, we're always uh, interfacing with our life, whether it be a stress of a relationship, whether it be stress of a job, whether it be stress of the changing of seasons or something like that. So I finally figured out, wow, 
our body is ever changing. So in doing a food plan or the food codes for someone, I started testing how long is this particular food the best for them? And it would and it would be anywhere from, you know, sometimes it could be a few days to a couple of weeks at to a few months. So in my book, I suggest at least doing a food plan for yourself with the change of the seasons. But you can also, this is very cool, you're going to love it. You can also do a food plan specific to something. For instance, saying, okay, I am getting ready for a marathon. What are my best foods for to get my body in shape for this to have the best energy? Or something as you know, I have got a lot of stress going on with this relationship and I don't feel like eating a thing. You know how your body will just shut down sometimes under stress. What's my best nutrition at this point? What are the best foods for me to, to feel better? So you can ask, what are your best foods? You can ask, what are the foods I really need to stay away from? I've had this, wow, this digestive issue and this bloating and gas. What are the best foods for that? What foods do I need to stay away from? Does that make sense? So Yes. And it's so powerful. And there were just a couple of things in the book. You know, it's funny how you have a point of reference. So let's say I have a point of reference on muscle testing, but I, but our point of reference can be very specific to, oh, it can be used for this or, oh, I think about it in this way. And when I was reading your book, the thing that just like expanded for me, like I would never think about asking like, I'm training for a marathon, like what are the best foods for this? Or I imagine if you have an ailment, you could probably ask what are the best foods to support, you know what I mean? That's how it morphed. That's how it came about basically, was helping our very, very ill patients who had searched some of them for years and years and they, they, we found the best foods for them. Yeah. That's just so powerful. It's like, it never, my mind just expanded to all these possibilities with muscle testing and how we can return to our own body's wisdom Mm -hmm. to ask. And you even talk about it. um, I might get this wrong, but you talk about it in regards to even like exercise and asking your body basically what it needs at that time. Yes. One of the things I've learned is, you know, we are in Western culture, we exercise, exercise, pound, pound, you know, and um, I, if I'm not in the shape I want to be, I need to work harder. I need to exercise more. When sometimes if you ask your body, if you ask your subconscious, it's like, give it a break. Please just give me a nap today. I would like at least a 20 minute nap or instead of doing all this, uh, all of this running, I really would just like to walk or bounce on a mini trampoline. So you can ask, what's the best exercise? Now with food, exercise, or anything, as I said, maybe what's the best for you is not the best for you, like in a few weeks. So that can change. And With so many experts confusing us this day with do this and don't do that, we are just being pulled this way and that. And so asking our bodies what's best for us and at the time, whether it be exercise or food or 
rest and just plain meditation, that's exercise as well under my exercise category. So sometimes it's just plain stretching. And so you bet, asking the body's wisdom. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I mean, that's a little bit of my um, critique on, you know, even the holistic health industry is that there's so much information. And if we're reading about it and, you know, an article or something, a resource is saying, this is the best, we know that the body is unique. And so you can't really say this is the best for everybody or the best supplement for everybody. And then when you add on the factor that your unique body is changing from time to time, where broccoli might have been amazing three months ago, and now your body's not wanting that, there's just so many factors and variables that it makes so much sense to return to your own unique wisdom of your body. Like it's really, I feel like, yeah, when I was like going through your book, I'm like, this is like the truth, right? I mean, this is, we must return to ourselves. We must trust our own body's wisdom and listen to that. Would you like to hear a story about that, how I truly discovered it with myself? Yes. Okay. Now with uh, writing a book and I, you know, I'm being told by other writers, you need to write a book, you need to get this out there. So I took this took, this took a lot of research. I took many, many food plans from our patients um, and I sifted the best foods, the, the foods that they had in common, okay? And I took out, so I made a list of the best foods for this group of patients from years. And I took out, I, I looked at which foods were commonly as in general, not good foods. Okay, so I have my list of good foods and bad foods from a group of people. So I formulate a basically like a 14 day program of eating these, eating your best foods, staying away from these other foods. Now, back up a little bit before that, my husband and I, a few months or years before that, had been at a health, um, stayed a month at a wonderful health resort. And you ate green foods, you ate only raw. Uh, We took some wonderful classes. You drank wheatgrass, juice, and he my husband, Bruce, just bloomed on this. He, he lost weight. He felt good. His energy soared. And I kept thinking, wow, when am I going to feel good? When, what day am I going to be feel good? Here, we're there for two weeks. We're there for three weeks. And I was pale. I was drawn. I was not feeling good. And I wanted to eat something. I just wanted to eat something else. It was like I felt ravenous. So uh, doing this plan... Fast forward again to uh, the good food list and the bad food list. I put it on my refrigerator and for, I don't know, a few weeks, quite a while, Bruce and I ate only that food. We're meticulous about it. He, again, he did wonderful. He did excellent with it. It had some proteins in it. It wasn't all raw. It was cooked. It was the best foods for the, the group of people. And I thought, okay, this is the perfect diet. But I started getting some sores around my mouth. My energy was terrible. I just couldn't get with it. And then one day I realized, oh my goodness, I did a food plan for myself. 
I needed some red meat at that time. I needed other foods and not saying that, you know, you should, should eat vegan or raw or not, you know, vegetarian. This is what my body was needing at that time. So using my own food plan, I started feeling good again. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I can't write this book. It's like any other diet. It is any other diet. Some diets with that particular food program will work good for you one time. And then another time you, you go on that diet again and it doesn't work. You go, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? But it's the changing of the body. So that's when I realized, oh, I have to go. And I thought at that, that way, the hard way and teaching you how to do it but, and how to do your particular food plan. And it is easy, as you've said, it's easy to learn how to do it. It takes a little practice. Does that, does that give you the idea of where I came from here? Well, it's so true because I have had friends and clients that if they don't eat meat, it is a downward, scary slope for them. Like, it, they feel, they don't feel good. They don't, you know what I mean? It's like for Mm -hmm. them to feel great, they need to have meat in their diet. I also know other people that don't eat meat at all and they feel amazing. Yes. Right. Yeah. And my husband can just not eat meat. Right. And so it's like, so we go through these different fads, just like wearing clothing of different types of diets, right? Yeah. As you look back at the history and these these one size or or buzzword diets of certain, you know, like mm-hmm. times, 80s, 90s, right? These different times we moved through um, really like cater to certain bodies and not other bodies, right? Are going to take to it. And that's why I think what you created and wrote is so valuable because again, it is ever evolving, like you said, and it is something that, I mean, we would all, I think, love to be like, right, let's check this box. This is how I'm going to eat for the rest of my life, right? And never think about it again. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't honor, like you said, the changing of seasons or the changing of our own body or its needs over time. And yeah. so I think this is a really simple solution to finding the answers. And we all, I think, have a deep desire to like, know ourselves and find the, like, what's the answer, especially for people that are struggling with, you know, like you said, like digestive issues or different stuff going on in their body. And it's so frustrating to feel like, like you said, you can't, you thought, oh, I'll just go take a pill and my headaches will be gone. And when that doesn't happen for people, it sends you on a journey. It does. It really so, does. Yeah, I love this. And what, is there anything like limitations to muscle testing? Like when you would not suggest using muscle because I could see where people would go, oh my gosh, I'm going to muscle test test everything. Yeah, everything. (laughs) I'm not even going to live my life. I'm just going to ask questions everywhere I go, right? So what are are the times to to not turn to something like muscle testing? Okay. Now, muscle testing is said to be in the high 90s of accuracy, okay? But however, one can skew muscle testing. Let's say you're really... um, you know, you're asking things like, should I change my job? Oh, I'm going to muscle test. Should I change my job? Um, Oh, is somebody stealing from me? Or should I buy this house or something like that? There are certain things that should be left to, let's say, prayer, meditation, making your decision about something and then saying, okay, do I feel really good about this in 
my heart. Some things are matters basically of the heart. Some things you can muscle test, for instance, food and exercise and not the lottery, Okay, not the lottery. (laughs) I'm not a lottery player, but I have I've had people say, well, it doesn't work for the lottery. It hasn't worked for me yet. (laughs) So, yes, there is a, a line that is drawn with muscle testing. It's not a crystal ball, if you will. And that's not the that's not the reason for it. You know, early muscle testing, let's let's say, was dowsing. It's been used for thousands of thousands of years. That's you bought a piece of property or you had property and how are you going to find water on it? They used what was called, they used dowsing. They used dowsing rods. Uh, People uh, now use, they use pendulums. It's also very acceptable to use a pendulum for, let's say, in place of muscle testing. So it's been used for thousands and, and thousands of years. And, but now, you know, using your body as a surrogate, so to speak, you can test yourself or you can test someone else as well. So that's a cool thing. And pets, you can test your pet's food. So great. For animals. So helpful, right? Because they can't talk to you. So you you want to be sure of that. And I love, like I was telling you um, prior to starting the interview, there's pictures um, and there's many different ways of muscle testing. There's different methodologies. I've actually had, a, I've been muscle tested by somebody else and had them use a couple different of the things that you talk about in the book, which I think is really cool. Because I think, you know, the first time, I was ever muscle tested. I'm like, oh, this is the way it's done. And then someone else did it differently. And I was like, huh, what's the difference between this and that? Is there one that is, is it just whatever you resonate with that you feel like is your methodology for muscle testing? Or do you switch back and forth between different ways? Oh, fantastic question. Like I said, the first time, the first kind I used was having somebody else do it for me. And so then I I practiced, I found, I tried several different methods, okay? So key first thing with learning muscle testing is find what works best for you. And a pendulum may may work work best for you, but look at the the different methods and find what works best for you. Uh, It could be like, uh, it could be simple as uh, standing and one of the easiest muscle muscle testing methods that that, um, I've seen people use is just standing and kind of your your arms loose to your side. You can do this while you're sitting as well, but uh, some people find it easier to stand. And then just eyes open or eyes closed. Think about a wonderful, happy thought and intend that you're flow that you're going to lean slightly forward to a happy thought. And your body will even without intention. And then think a really not so happy thought, something icky or you know awful, and your body will sway away from that. So intend that when you're using a method that your answer be a strong yes or a weak no. So you can use fingers, you can use your arm. I have one one man, this is pretty interesting, who said, oh, I found out through when I was meditating, he said, actually, my one of my feet would start to shake. And I asked, and he said, and I asked myself, is that, is that a yes? And his foot shook just kind of shook. And then he said, when he asked a yes, uh, when it was like a yes answer, his foot made a certain movement. So there are different ways of muscle testing. The ones I give you in my book are really pretty simple and straightforward, but find what works best for you first. 
because the method I use most right now, and it's very easy with just one hand, I hold my index finger out straight and then I bring my middle finger over top of the index finger and push down ever so lightly and a yes is my finger stops and it doesn't go any further and then a no is as I'm pushing down there's no resistance and so my finger drops and here's this is cool because I didn't I wanted to use that one in the beginning and that didn't work for me at all so another one like a ring and ring making two rings and then pulling as I mentioned in my book that worked for me so I started using that and not necessarily perfected it but it just it it worked for me over and over then I started using and trying to use other methods okay so I had a I had a woman call me one day and she was just furious she goes I cannot muscle test. I cannot muscle test. And I said, okay, well, you know, simmer down. What, what have you tried? And she goes, oh, well, this method, and she mentioned which she was using, she goes, it works for me every time, but I want to use that method, which was a different one. <laughs> and I said, maybe it's best for you to keep using that other one. And then little by little, you know, try that try the method you really want to use because sometimes one will work best for you over another so see what works best first and then I give you lots of troubleshooting in the book about muscle testing that is so amazing so where can people find out more about you and your work the uh, thefoodcodes.com with an S, thefoodcodes.com. And I have a great blog. I have some free stuff for you there. I have something called the, um, oh gosh, my mind just went blank. The 30 second gut flush, which you're going to want to know about. But I have that there. You can also look at uh, amazon.com and you can get my book, The Food Codes, Intuitive Eating for Everybody there. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, it's so perfect. I highly recommend this book. It's a really um, simple read and like easy to, you know, br- like integrate the information and learn the information. So I appreciate, I always appreciate that when people write really good, dense in books with great information, but it's easy to assimilate it. And so I found that with your book, which was really wonderful. So I'm inspired. I'm going to start muscle testing, which is cool. Um, like I said, I've had it done many times to me, but I always, um, it, it just kind of your book spoke to me and I just kind of said, hmm, I need to start practicing on my end. So thank you for that. And okay. I'm going to ask you the four questions I ask all of our guests. They're based on a process I take people through called the anatomy of transformation. And the first pillar in this process is truth. And I believe that when we come across big, deep truths in our life, that there's a catalyst effect to that, that it really starts a momentum process that starts to evolve us and change us. So what is a big truth that you've come across in your life? Probably the most, the biggest truth is love is all there is. Okay. Stop judging, whether it be people, whether it be foods, but love, love is all there is. It always just reminds me of that Beatles song, but love, that's all there is. 
So beautiful. And what is it? The second pillar is release. And so normally when we have a profound realization, like love is all there is, which is such a very huge and profound um, awakening and realization. What was it that was released out the other side of that, be it perceptions, ways of being in the world, people, any of those things, what was released for you? Judgment. And I've all, I've never considered myself a really big judger or things like that. But I found that, yeah, judging, for instance, when I was, uh, when I was raising my children, my, and I would say, well, my child would never do this. My child would always do that. Da, 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 da. Well, false. And ju- maybe <laughs> judging other people by the way they raise their kids. And finding out that there's not just one way to do something. There are many, many ways and just different. So judging and pulling and reining it in to more love. It just comes back to the first one. It's so beautiful. And what changed, like if you look back on your journey when you really started to release the judgment um, and started to see all of these different beautiful ways and perspectives, what changed in your life experience? I felt good in my skin. <laughs> That's, I felt good. I felt it just is like, ah, it's not up to me to tell someone how to do this or that or how to live their life, I can allow them to be, do, have whatever they want and just be me. Mm, I love that so much. It's so powerful. Freedom. It feels like when you had the it big, is. Ah, it felt like a freedom. It does freedom. for you. Yeah. So beautiful. And then the fourth pillar is a line. And what is it that keeps you at a high frequency? What is it in your, it can be a daily practice or ritual or just a way of seeing life that you feel like keeps you in alignment? I have to say, and this might sound kind of contrite because there's a lot of people talking about this now. It is gratitude. It's feeling grateful. So I get up in the morning and it's like, oh, I, I start usually with a daily ritual. I start the, the night before with preparing for my next day, you know, and, but it's gratitude. It's when I start feeling down, I see this around me or that around me, and I, I really try to pull back and not judge, but then just like count your blessings and all right, I have so much to be grateful for. So it's, it's gratitude. It's so Plain beautiful. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I like, I found that gratitude. I know people, a lot of people talk about it and you can read that. I remember a time in my life where people were like, it's all about love. And I was like, that's nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I didn't get it yet. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just <laughs> felt very airy fairy to me. And now like I find myself saying the same thing and I really move in that frequency and understand it and like feel it. But I do remember my perspective of a, of a time that I didn't. So yeah. I, I honor that journey. And it's the same thing with the word gratitude because there are times in my life I'm like, yeah, okay, of course, you should be grateful. But to really like see the moment to moment shift that can happen with gratitude, like I have a choice in every moment about how I see what's going on around me and what I choose to put my energy and focus on. And mm-hmm. when you can have that awareness that you have the choice to shift that, right? It's like, I could be looking over here and complaining about something, but in a moment I could choose to look here and see all of this beauty. Then you really understand the power of the moment by moment gratitude 
that can change your whole perspective of life and how you're moving through. I mean, it's fascinating, right? That people can walk through life focusing on all the things that aren't working or that they feel are not what they want them to be and completely feel like a cloud is above their head. Or they could be looking over here at the things that are working or the things they have to be grateful of and it can feel like the sun is out. So true. And sometimes you got to look for the sun or make it yourself. (laughs) Yes, so true. I love that. Well, this has just been a piece of sunshine this time that we've got to spend together. And I just thank you for writing this book and for the work that you discovered right through your own personal journey um, and for coming on here and sharing it with us. Thank you, Shauna, for allowing that. And I'm going to love to hear what you, what more you learn about your foods. So, and how you, how your body feels with yes, um, with that. I'm so. going to keep you posted on that because <laughs> okay. I have a feeling I'm going to have this like large awakening, and I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm eating all the wrong things, and I just know that there's a discovery in it for me because I felt so called to your book. So I really Perfect. appreciate that, and I will keep you posted. I'll keep all you guys posted. I'll let you know what happens as I start to play with this and um, and really discover what foods my body wants. I'm excited. Key is play. Key yes. is play and not not judging it and just allow it. And here's a, here's a good tip for your listeners as well. You know, I'm eating perfectly. Da 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 da. Oh, I'm resisting that piece of chocolate cake. Have it if you really want it. Oh my goodness! Stop the judging and eat it. How do I feel with this? Hmm. It tastes delicious and just this is the best thing for me right now. And you'll find that you don't you release cravings as well. So. It's so true. I've learned that I eat like a little bit of chocolate almost every day. And I realize that like, and I receive it with love Mm -hmm. and I enjoy it. And my body is happy with it. Like it just, it's a good relationship, right? (laughs) Going on. And so it feels really positive. And I think it's all, you know, that energy of how we take things in too. Are we feeling bad about eating something? Are we just like, oh, I want this. This is beautiful. Well, my book is first and foremost, we didn't talk about that, but it is about your relationship with your first and best friend, which is food. Ah. So you can read my book to figure out that and have an aha. I love that part. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.